and welcome to the Wing Woman podcast, hosted by best mates and journalists, Charlie Gowans Eglinton, that's her, and Frankie Graddon, that's me. Hey Chaz. Hi Franks, how are you? I'm good. Good morning, good morning. Good morning. What a lovely morning it is. I feel like I say this a lot. But I also feel like we record on very gorgy mornings. The sun is shining, the autumn leaves are... I mean, they push them right into my front door, so you can't actually get out, which is potentially passive-aggressive, but very festive. As I walked up your steps to the front door this morning, I almost stopped to take a picture, because I thought this is such a tableau of autumnalness. Oh, if I'd whacked a pumpkin in there, Stacey Solomon... She'd be all over it. She'd be raving. So it's Wednesday morning, Wednesday the 4th of November. Unfortunately, it is very early in the morning, so we don't know yet whether it's Trump or Biden. We don't know yet. It's very close at the moment. We know that Trump has got Florida, which doesn't bode hugely well, but they're saying it's going to be down to the wire. Ooh, it's very stressful. Do you feel stressed? I do. I was trying to remember this time four years ago when I heard news. Where were you? I can't remember what house I was in, but I know I found out as soon as I woke up, Ben said to me, Trump's in, and my heart just absolutely plummeted. And I remember going into the office at the time I was working at the pool, not many Trump supporters in there, not any Trump supporters in there, so the office atmosphere was bleak, Mm. and I had to write a fashion piece about scarves, and I didn't feel like it. (laughs) I did not feel like it. How did that piece come out? Um, Quite emotional. And I think I sort of likened scarves to universal hugging. And I was just like, everyone just go and buy a scarf and wrap yourself in it and just be kind to everybody. Um, Yeah, I think I went quite OTT. Right. Where were you? Can you remember? I was in Hawaii. Oh, of course you were. Hello, hell. (laughs) Which was weird. That was a Democrat state. So I guess that was better. I, too, am not a Trump supporter. (laughs) Um, We don't have to be impartial because this is not paid for by the BBC or anybody like that. People were devastated. I was going on a group press trip. I actually flew out early just because I'd never been to Hawaii and I wanted to see it as much as I possibly could because I was very lucky to get to go on a trip to Hawaii. So I was in a hotel room by myself did sort of wander around the hotel and was thinking about going and sitting in the bar and having a nice cocktail but obviously everyone was just watching the election and it felt strange and also a bit voyeuristic as a non-american to be there for this moment that has impacted their lives so massively Mm. yeah it felt very odd and waking up the next morning and, and you know going down for breakfast and People were just devastated. But I suppose it's similar to when the Brexit referendum results came in. At the time, I was working at a magazine that my colleagues and I were all very remain. And I remember leaving my house in De Beauvoir and walking through the streets and I passed a woman crying. And it felt like such a moment in not a good way. But I suppose that's how 2016 felt for me, being in Hawaii. Mm. Hawaii. Hawaii. Yeah, well, 2016 has nothing on 2020, does it? It does not. Because we're also the day before lockdown, LD, 2.0. LD, 2.0. How are you feeling about that? Mm, Not phenomenals. I'm aware that I spent the first lockdown alone here in my flat, 
because you weren't allowed bubbles then even. So I was very much alone. And basically making those sort of deals with the devil, myself being the devil, that when lockdown lifted, I would make changes and I would go on lots of dates and I would be really proactive and this would be a turning point for me and I would stop being lazy and putting off dating because I find it boring and soul-destroying and that I would actually do it. And then what happened is that lockdown lifted, I went on two dates, neither of them was very exciting and I thought, oh, <laughs> I can't be doing this. Don't want to snog either of these guys. So then I didn't go on any more dates and here we are. So I've only got myself to blame. I fucked it. And I have been reading quite a lot of stuff about dating culture because I feel like a lot of people are feeling like this, especially because this lockdown coincides with cuffing season when it's cold out and it's cosy weather and you just want someone to watch box sets with and have a lot of sex and go to some Christmas parties or walk around a farmer's market in the freezing cold drinking mulled wine, all of that. And to not have the anxiety of a New Year's without a date Obviously, you might not have to worry about any of that stuff. But this is a time of year that feels potentially harder to be single. Mm. Certainly in summer, I'm always like, I'm too busy. I couldn't possibly fit somebody else into my wonderful life. But this time of year, you do want it a bit more. And I think people have gone into overdrive. But then that has made me also step away because it's stressful. People are really trying to find someone to lock down before lockdown really yeah and is that on the apps can you tell yeah people are putting it out there there's a real air of desperation and i'm not saying that i'm not a desperate person (laughs) but there is definitely an air of that and it just makes me a bit uncomfortable because i'm not gonna suddenly want to date someone who i didn't think was right for me a year ago I'm not suddenly going to be able to overlook complete differences in points of view or politics or what else do I care about? Nothing, apparently. (laughs) (laughs) But someone you don't fancy. Whether or not they read books. Yeah. Yeah, Someone I fancy. I don't want a compromise boyfriend, but I can see why people now are thinking, well, just for a month or two. Christmas boyf. And Vice actually has articles on voice note dating is apparently now a thing. Shut up. Hang on. So you just send each other voice notes? Yes. Instead of like the preamble on chat or texting and certainly instead of Zoom, voice notes. Because you can find a voice attractive and that is true. Very true. And I did once go on a date with a man who I thought I was really going to fancy and I did find him attractive until he spoke. And then he had a really high voice. Mm. Um, and there's something wrong with that, but it wasn't for me. So I get it. But also, I couldn't bear it. I can't send voice notes to people. My sister sent me a voice note the other day, and I replied as a text because I felt too self-conscious to voice note her back. <laughs> That's my sister. I've never got into voice notes. No. But it is a thing. And I guess it cuts out texting time. Yeah. Because we're so busy. Haven't got time to text. But then I like it because if you're too busy to text or can't be asked to text, you just phone me, mm. which I like. Yeah. So, you know, oh, I'm glad you like that. Pick up the phone. <laughs> just pick up the phone. Interesting development. Mm. Rogue. But also, there was a story on Vice about how we're all experiencing more rejection at the moment. 
because people are experiencing rejection in the job market as well with so many people being furloughed, being made redundant, it then makes us all the more sensitive to dating rejection, which is so part and parcel of dating. But whereas in normal life, you're busy and you're distracted. And if somebody doesn't text you back, or if you go on a date and they don't want to go on a second date, or you're just texting and it doesn't seem to go anywhere, and they just don't seem that keen, that stuff's annoying, but overcomable. And a lot of the time, you don't even notice that you're being ghosted or rejected or whatever I think at the moment we have so few baskets Mm. that it's really easy to put all of your eggs in this one and think the only way I'm going to get through lockdown is by finding this dream amazing boyfriend and it doesn't help on Twitter that a couple of people keep being like I'm a unicorn and I found a really great boyfriend during lockdown who the fuck it guys I don't know who to thunk it, but stop telling me about it. Keep that success story to yourself. Nip that shit in the bud. Like, do I fucking tweet every time I have an orgasm? No. Do you need to know? No, you don't. Thank you. But if you're listening to this and you two are single, little single Pringle looking into lockdown 2.0, it's going to be fine, guys. Buy a vibrator. Maybe buy an electric blanket. I love mine. You are a champion of the electric blanket. Really tasty cosy. I used to be scared of them because I thought I would just catch fire. <laughs> but apparently the modern ones are much safer. And my flat gets really, really cold and I can't afford to have the heating on all the time. So if I just get home from work, rather than putting all the heating on at 8 o'clock at night, and it will take ages to kick in anyway, and won't make any difference and it'll cost me a fucking bomb... Just put the electric blanket on, get into bed toasty warm. You don't need to cuddle someone. Talking of things to keep you toasty warm, this reminds me of a piece I wrote this time last year. Yeah. I had the dream commission, Charles. I reviewed her water bottles. (laughs) I knew it was going to be that one. I was so jealous of that commission. I got to call them all in. How many did you review? About 12. Did you keep them? Most of them. Oh, Most people said I could keep them. That is a perfect fucking job, isn't it? It really is. And I would like to highlight a particular one because I feel like we all deserve this in lockdown. It's a giant hot water bottle that you stick both feet into. I thought you were going to say it's like got a vibrator attachment or something. (laughs) No, I haven't seen one of those yet. But if someone is looking for a business opportunity, maybe give that one I'm happy to consult on that project. There we go. Perfect. No, this is... It looks like a big hot water bottle. It's quite thick. There's a pouch, like a kangaroo pouch, that Mm. you put your feet into. If you just Google foot hot water bottle, you can find them all over the internet. Don't buy it from Amazon. Don't. Don't do it, guys. I was reading a piece by Caroline Leeper in The Telegraph, and it was all about shopping local this Christmas. And I think we really need to make an effort this year. And it's hard. I buy stuff off Amazon. I bought stuff off Amazon Prime Day. I did. It's easy. The delivery is always really good. But I think as we enter into another lockdown, loads of little shops are closing. Loads of even high street brands that we love are struggling. So don't buy a hot water bottle from Amazon. Find somewhere else that sells it and buy it. And even if it's two quid more, you're doing a good thing. Imagine the person on the end of that order doing a little happy dance because you bought something. I know. And packing it up with love. Talking of Christmas gifts, 
Here's something that's going to cheer us up, Charles. Great. The Goop Christmas gift guide's out. Fantastic. What can I put in my vagina? I just feel like I haven't talked about my vagina enough yet. Right. No, there is something for your vagina. So obviously in past years, we've had vaginal steaming. We've had the jade eggs. This year, Mm -hmm. they have a clone your own cock. So I don't think it's that you clone your cock. I think you clone a cock that you like. Oh, what if you don't have a cock that you like? That's part of the problem, isn't it? Well, actually, do you get into weird territory there where you ask a gay friend, you know? Or maybe you phone up an ex and you're like, we didn't work out, but I loved your willy. So can I clone it? So then you turn it into a dildo. This is not for me. No? I suppose there's a romantic element if you were to say clone Ben's, just so you could have a little piece of him with you at all times, (laughs) so that... If Ben was away for the weekend, or even if he's just nipped out to the shops, and you fancy the game of How's Your Father. (laughs) How's Your Father. You could enjoy yourself. Is that romantic? What colour are they? Important. They might come in lots of different colours, but the one they've used to illustrate the piece is a beigey colour. Like a Caucasian skin tone. Yeah. Right. They must do different flesh tones. Yeah. You wouldn't want to recreate someone's penis, but they've changed race. But I am often disturbed by the pinkness of vibrators. So, yeah, maybe you would choose something different, a calming blue. Yeah, like a teal, perhaps. Green is very calming. Lavender. Nice. No, actually, I don't want it. Could be scented as well. Extra relaxation. I wonder if you can send them a scent. Or a scratch and sniff, you know? (laughs) If it was pink and then you scratched it and it was strawberry scented. I don't know. I'm just spitballing. Okay. Shall I tell you what else is on the list? Yeah, please do. Okay. Don't tell me anything you bought for me, though. (laughs) (laughs) I don't want to ruin any surprises. So, other highlights. Post-structuralist vulva colouring book. Only $15. It's a colouring book though, isn't it? It is. So lots of pages of vulvas that look like they've been superimposed onto classic works of art. Oh. And you can just colour that in. This one's weird. Batard bread lamp. It's actually a loaf of bread. Oh, yeah, yeah. They're Japanese, aren't they? Are they? It's an actual loaf of bread made from yeast and flour and water. Yes. I have actually screenshotted these before and wondered if I wanted one. They do a croissant that is apparently very difficult because the structural integrity of a croissant is not great in terms of fossilising it or whatever they're doing to it and turning it into a lamp. I don't know which one Gwynny's selling. This is a small baguette. The baguette is lovely on the wall like that. But what I don't understand is bread goes mouldy. Well, they've done something clever to it. So... It doesn't go moldy. Right. The bigger ones, the baguette, it's coated in resin. That's what they do to it. Okay. The bigger one has a cord and an LED light inside. Yes. So you plug it into a wall. But the croissant, I think, just takes batteries. So you could take that anywhere. <laughs> just like a little travel light. Do you think that's quite cool? I could just, if we were having a dinner party and things were getting a bit dark, I could just pop a little lit croissant on the table. What happens if you got drunk and tried to eat it? I would. Might break a tooth. I don't know how hard the resin is. Probably quite hard. Probably. Try not to do that. There's also a very nice leather bag to carry your watermelon in. Fantastic. Price upon request. So I don't know how much that one is. And you know the rule. If you have to ask, you can't afford it. Here's one for me. 
a custom birth sill, cool price of $7,500. I'm going to show it to you. I mean, she looks very relaxed. It's like a wibbly, wavy chair thing. I like large. it a lot. <laughs> a lot, a lot. It looks like a mid-century piece of furniture. You know when they used to have those seating areas in the middle of a living room that were sunk into the floor? Yes! That kind of a vibe. It's that. It's a bit James Bondy. It is. Almost. Or maybe it's a bit Jetsons-y. It's 60s futuristic. Exactly. Modernist design. Yeah. It's sort of that. situation. It's that. This one's blue. I'm impressed by the fact that she appears to be about to give birth in a very nice floral frock. So, is it made of rubber? Or do you literally have to get that rear posted after you? Well, that's the thing. I would hope it's wipe clean. It looks very comfortable. So that one's going on my crimbo list, Chaz. Right. So potentially just like a sweet scooch out of my budget for you. Yeah. Um, but maybe if I do a bit of a whip round, maybe we could launch a. Uh, it's not out the bounds of possibility. Launch a GoFund. I'm not sure. That's. Um, <laughs> is it the right time? <laughs> Probably not. And this one is for you. Custom tiny home. I love a tiny home. You do love a tiny home. Big enough I can fit in it, right? Not like a doll's house. Like a tiny home movement. Ooh, yeah. It's like a little I wooden shed. Ninety nine thousand pounds. It's on wheels. You can take it anywhere you like. I can take it anywhere. Just not during lockdown. No. No. Well, just park it up outside the house. Well, then maybe there's a loophole there because strictly speaking, you're not leaving your house. The house is moving. Interesting. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) (laughs) Suddenly, all those caravanners have had the last laugh. This is almost as dodgy an argument as the person trying to invoke Magna Carta to say that he could keep his soft play open. Did you see that on Twitter? (laughs) No, what's that? Um, A man was telling police officers that there was a clause in the Magna Carta that said that businesses couldn't be closed. I can't remember the full language of the Magna Carta because it's quite wordy and touch out of date, as you may know. But he was basically saying that he should be able to keep his soft play open. Right. Which is great. Apparently... There are only like four clauses in the Magna Carta that are still in any way valid now. So that's a shame. But effort from him. Effort from him. How are you feeling about lockdown? Well, I feel like I just feel peculiar anyway, because any day a baby's about to come out. So I feel like I'm living a weird alternate reality regardless of lockdown. My first thought was, is this going to affect the hospital? Yeah. Have you heard from them? I've got the midwife later on today, so I can ask. My understanding is that no, since the beginning of the first lockdown, partners have only been allowed in in active labour, which is sort of when you're really rocking and rolling. And then they can stay for an hour afterwards. And that appears to have been kept throughout all of summer. So the state of play is still the same now. I think I feel anxious about the bit afterwards and not being able to see people. I feel very sad that my parents won't be able to visit and that friends won't be able to visit. But then I know so many people have had to do this and thank God we have video calls. And as much as I detest Zoom, 
I'm sorry, I do. That means we won't ever get sponsorship from Zoom, babe. But fuck, it's quite a long (laughs) list, isn't it? People we won't get sponsorship from. As much as I don't like it, at least it means you can see faces. I feel relieved that there isn't the hour rule of exercise, of being outside. Mm. I think I found that really hard in lockdown. Feeling like you were on the clock when you walked out of the house. It really limited where you could go. So I was just doing the same circuits, walking around the same parts of town, which I found ultimately a little bit depressing. So I feel better that I could walk to Hampstead Heath, for example. Although I was thinking this morning, public toilets are going to be closed again, which means baby changing places are going to be closed again. Bit chilly to be changing your baby outside. Oh, be fine. Do you reckon? Yeah. All right. Wild weeing quite tricky in the cold weather though refreshing especially if you're wearing a lot of layers imagine if you've got your thermals on i don't know how tights are going to work this season oh lordy might just need to cut out the crotch crotchless time mm. <laughs> yeah maybe maybe this is the time for spanks because they have the pee hole don't they they do have the pee hole so there are some anxieties but i feel a bit jammy because not like i was going to go out anyway where was i off to I was going to do a lockdown pretty much at home with a small baby attached to my boobs, potentially. I also feel hopeful it will only be four weeks. Obviously, there's always the possibility that it will be extended. But I think, let's not think that far. Let's not think about Christmas yet. Let's just take it day by day. Okay. Yeah? Yeah, sure, (laughs) firm. And I've been thinking about what techniques I'm going to lean on to make it feel nicer whilst the weather is not going to be on our side it is going to be cold let's hope it's dry yeah i don't mind cold let's just hope it's dry i do think november's a good time for hunkering down the telly's got better i'm gonna get really into strictly i haven't watched any of it yet but i'm gonna hit it up on iplayer okay i'm gonna get some new pajamas great shout yeah i'm not gonna wait till christmas i'm gonna get some pajamas i'm gonna get some slippers I'm going to go big on the hot water bottles. I'm going to eat a lot of cheese. Great. I think I'm going to get a Christmas tree early. Me too. Yeah. I'm going to decorate that shit. Mm. I'm going to put fairy lights everywhere I can. I'm going to start watching Christmas films early. I'm just going to bring it all forward and try and make it feel festive and like I'm inside throughout my own doing, not because I've been told to. Good shout. What are you going to do? What are your methods? Well, I definitely want the Christmas tree early. Mm-hmm. And actually, I was in a zip car the other day, zipping somewhere, and was listening to, I don't know if it's Magic or Heart, already has a Christmas radio station. Perfect. Yeah, I was pretty into that. So definitely Christmas early. But I think what will bring me most joy, just a small thing occasionally, is still being able to get a takeaway coffee and still being able to buy a loaf of bread from a local shop I think the first lockdown businesses weren't ready of course why would they be this was completely unprecedented remember when we use that word all the time all the time oh throwback word of the year so they weren't ready and didn't know how to react and didn't know how to be safe and keep their staff members safe and of course they needed to close I think what's great now is that small businesses have found ways to cope and have found ways to adapt and turned bits of their restaurant into a shop or started doing delivery or you can get a takeaway 
And I think all of that is amazing. And for me, being able to go out for a walk and buy a takeaway coffee makes me feel normal, even though I can make a coffee at home, so I don't do it all the time. But just being able to do that once a week or when I can't get my head into a piece I'm writing, being able to pop out and get a coffee, that is so precious to me and that will bring me a lot of joy, I think. Agreed. I'm not sure I'll be going back to the veg delivery boxes just because it's a lot of prep to actually cook these things, especially in the winter, because in summer at a veg delivery box you get a lot of greens. A lot of greens. But you do get things you can just make into a salad and maybe some radishes and some asparagus that you can just chuck in a pan or onto a grill. Winter, get a lot of root veg, gourds, etc. Require quite a long cooking time. I still end up working quite late. I don't want to be eating a pumpkin at 11, 12 p.m. Um, This is where you need to get... Have you got a hand blitzer? Yeah, do actually... You've got the book, Magic Soup. I've got Magic Soup. I was going to say, you've got to just soup it up. Yeah, no, but you still have to cook it first. You do, and it really is... can't just put a a raw pumpkin in there. (laughs) It's a weekend task. Um, So I don't think I'll be going back to the veg boxes, but I don't know what I'll eat then. We'll see. (laughs) (laughs) See. Don't go hungry. I'm excited about buying it. (laughs) Yeah, I feel that, because this is the second time around, we are a little bit better equipped for it. Before the announcement even happened, my Instagram was full of restaurants explaining what their strategy would be. So that does feel better. And I'm so pleased for them. We went for dinner, our last date night dinner, on Saturday to Esco Chesca on Church Street in Stoke Newington. If anyone's in the area, it's a Spanish restaurant and it is absolutely delicious. And I just sat there and felt so awful that all of the staff only had five more days of working but the restaurants around here are very good at setting up little shops and whatnot so you can still buy things Mm. so yes I should be doing that shopping locally again see and at least it's hunkering down weather I mean I know you and I are so privileged to have our safe and uh, mine's not warm but has the potential to be if I (laughs) if I could afford the heating by the way, why I'm saying I can't afford the heating is because it's electric, which is really expensive, and it also works on a coin meter, which is a real faff. So it's never been a problem before because normally I'm in an office five days a week, so it is cold, but I can just about afford to run the heating at the weekends. Bit more of a problem during lockdown. But anyway, as I was saying, <laughs> we're very privileged to have our lovely flats to be in, to be safe, to have hopefully a coffee shop nearby. And I know so, so many people are not in the same boat. But I do think that means I feel quite lucky going into this lockdown Mm. that I'm in the position I'm in. Well, I think if this year has showed us anything, it's how fortunate we are for the situation that we're in. And how reliant we are on good television. Amen to that. We're also reliant on good books. So I'm going to take you on to my recommendations. Oh, hit me. I have been buying books like you wouldn't believe... I don't believe it. I'm believe sh- God, it. I'm shocked. So you should be. The first one I've read, which I have to say, it annoys me when people say they read a book in a day. Yeah. But I did almost read this book in a day. I'd say it was a day and a half. It was Dolly Alderton's Ghosts. Great. Tell me all about it. Highly anticipated. This is Dolly's second book. First was a memoir. This is her first fiction book. It is about a young woman 
in her late 20s, I think. I have a terrible memory. She goes through a dating process. And you can probably tell by the name of the book what happens. She dates a dead person. <laughs> Joking. She dates a poltergeist. So it's brilliant. It's very relatable. Dating disasters. There's also a family narrative woven in, which is very moving, very beautifully written. Funny bits, sad bits. Page turner, not because it's sort of fast paced, but you just really get sucked into the life of the protagonist. So I would very much recommend that. Especially if you've recently been ghosted, sounds like. Definitely. Or you're ghosting someone. Don't do that. Don't ghost someone. Just text them and say you're not interested. I bought it in a hardback. Oh, yeah. I love that. I treated myself to it. And I forgot how much I love the outer cover of a hardback acting as a little flap for the bookmark flap, you know? Mm. Really into that. Anyway, read that. That's brilliant. And also, there's a book called Expectation by Anna Hope, which I'm currently reading. It is about three women who are friends. Two have been friends from childhood, and another one was introduced in sort of university age. It's about their friendship. It's about external relationships to their friendships, whether that's romantic or with family. It's really interesting how everything weaves together. I love those books where you hop from character to character to character, but everything comes back and joins together. It's sort of six degrees of separation. Each character is very different, but very rounded, and you really feel like you get to know them very instantly. It's very interesting. The overarching theme is how life doesn't pan out how you think it's going to. So when we meet these women, they are young, bright, full of promise, and have all these expectations, hence the name of the book, for how life is going to pan out. And inevitably, it doesn't. So you sort of re-meet them in their mid-30s, and they are unpicking what has happened, how forks in the road have led them down a certain path that they weren't expecting, what could have been... All of those questions that I think certainly I, you know, you start to ask yourself in your 30s. Not that you're desperately disappointed with where that you've gone. I often wonder if I hadn't chosen you, how different (laughs) my life might have been. But we've spoken about those sliding door moments before. And you just think, oh, wow, imagine if I'd made that decision. Would that have changed the course of my life? Very interesting. Very interesting, because I think you do look back at certain moments and think, God, that actually had huge repercussions, and you maybe didn't even notice it at the time, because I think with certain decisions with taking a new job or moving house, you're aware that you're making a change, but some things are smaller than that, and actually, you and I have talked about, I've looked back on a breakup, that if it hadn't have happened, I would have committed to a mortgage that would have then kept me in a job that would have meant I didn't take any of my career next steps and I wonder all the time where my career would be because this is where I want it to be but would I have gotten here it's little things that I wouldn't have thought at all at the time that that would have affected my job but I look back now and I I think it would have done I, I don't see how it couldn't have done so yes very interesting very interesting. Love a sliding doors. It's good. Definitely read that. I've got a final one. 
Is it another book? No. Oh, it's going to say. Don't God, worry. Bleeding fingers from all that page turning. I know, a little bookworm. It's not a recommendation, it's just a shout out. Shout out to my... Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Dawson's Creek. The whole programme is on Netflix. Yeah. Ready to stream. I find him difficult to stomach now. James Vanderby. Yeah. <laughs> no, not him, but the character. Okay, bit angsty. I just feel that... I feel this a lot with teen shows that you loved as a teen, and then when you try and revisit them, they're problematic. Like Sex in the City, and when I watched it as a teenager, I adored it because I was incredibly self-involved, as all teenagers are and should be. So did you identify so, with Carrie? So you don't notice <laughs> how awful of a person and friend Carrie is. But then when you watch it back as an adult, you're like, hey now, what's up? Anyway, why are you enjoying Dawson's Creek? See, I think I came to it a bit late in my teens. So I actually haven't watched the first bit of it all. I just love the simplicity of teenage life because their problems aren't really problems, are they? No. Not in Dawson's Creek anyway. I like seeing all of the actors young as well, thinking, huh, who knew Michelle Williams was going to become so great? You know? Busy Phillips. There she is. I know, we love that. They're still friends to this day. Which I enjoy very much. Mm. And I'm looking forward to my all-time favourite scene of Dawson's Creek, when Pacey's got the boat, Joey is at Dawson's mum's wedding, maybe? Or dad's wedding. And... She says she's not going to go on the boat with Pacey because she's got to do this wedding and obviously Dawson is in love with her and doesn't want her to go on the boat. But then she runs from the wedding down to the docks or the harbour, wherever he is, the riverbank, and jumps on the boat. It's a creek. Oh, fine. (laughs) Clues in the name. And they go and spend summer together on a boat. And I remember thinking that was the most exciting and romantic thing that could possibly happen. And how I'd like to be stuck on a boat with Joshua Jackson. Totally. Hubba hubba. Bore off Dawson. Oh, God. Yeah, it's floppy hair. Well, and then she has to make the same decision at the end. I like that they just revisited that as a storyline. Like, people actually really engaged with this one where she had to choose between Dawson and Pacey, so... Should we just bring that one? It's been a couple of seasons. I'm not sure anyone's going to (laughs) notice. To be fair, I was just as invested the second time around, if not more so, because I knew they weren't going to bring them back for another series where they then undo all the good work. Great. What are your recs? Well, short and sweet this week, but I have talked long and hard and often about how much I love Fortunately with Fee and Jane. You have. I have talked long and hard and often and they would enjoy the hard in that about how much I love Joan and Jerrica faux agony aunts so the episode of Fortunately with Fee and Jane where Joan and Jerrica come on in character exceptional exceptional I just can't say anything more than please please listen to it it will bring you joy it is fantastic listening to Joan and Jerrica who are obviously not real people and are, in fact, Julia Davis and Vicky Pepperdine in real life. Listen to them be interviewed and asked about their work is fantastic. It's just really, really funny. And is this to promote their new book? This is to promote their new book. They also did A Night In with Joan and Jerrica, which I put in the newsletter. It is just so funny. And if you need something to distract you right now and something to make you stop thinking about potentially the second lockdown or potentially 
Donald Trump's second term, then this will help. It won't solve anything, but it will make you happy for 40 minutes. And I don't think you can ask any more than that. Also, when I was recommending the night in with Joan and Jerrica, I went onto this website called Fane, F-A-N-E And on the site, you can find all these nights in, all these hosted talks, uh, all these live streams with really interesting people and book tickets uh, to stream them online. You can also become a Fane member. Nigella Lawson just did one, which is still available to watch online, but only until today. You're listening to this on Thursday. It's today. So be quick. Terry Bikers. Dick and Angel Strawbridge did a night in. Love that. Gary Newman. Philip Pullman. And the stars of his Dark Materials. Interesting. Margaret Atwood. I'm scrolling. I'm just reading names at you. So that's not interesting for anyone, is it? Michael J. Fox. Oh, an official Derry Girls night in. Great. On the 20th of November. That sounds very fun indeed. Oh, Sandy Toxfig. Anyway, go on fame. Watch some funny people cheer you up on your laptop. And while you're on Tinternet, go on bookshop.org. So this is a site that has been set up. It was originally in the US and it has just come to the UK this week to rival Amazon in terms of book sales. So it's one website and it connects you with all the independent booksellers in your area. That's such a good idea. So you can order your books online. Really easy. You can search by book. You can search by bookshop. I went on the map and saw a list of all my local bookshops that are part of it and it's it was all of them that I could think of. So whether you're buying books as Christmas gifts, whether you're buying books to see through lockdown, please go on bookshop.org and shop independently because one of my greatest joys anyway is just being able to walk into a bookshop and read the backs of all the books and discover new authors that I've never heard of. And they're very soothing bookshops, aren't they? So desperately soothing. And they smell wonderful. And okay, we can't go into a bookshop right now, but I, for one, would be absolutely devastated if they disappeared because you can't go into Amazon and walk around the shelves. And you wouldn't want to because it's a giant warehouse. It's probably got lots of robots in it. I don't know. That might make you feel a bit weird and matrixy. So... (laughs) just support independent bookshops I will do that well you can buy my two book recommendations on it you can you could couldn't you you should you could go and do that now in fact you don't have to though well no only if you want to yeah I think you'd enjoy it great okay then right that's all we've got time for thank you so much for joining us if you've liked what you've heard please rate review and subscribe You can also find us in written form via our weekly newsletter, which comes out every Sunday. And you can sign up to that at thewingwoman.co.uk. And please get in touch with us if you have any comments on anything we've talked about, anything you'd like us to talk about, any recommendations to share with us, or perhaps feedback on our Christmas presents to each other this week. Which, to clarify, I'm giving you clone your cock and you're giving me the birth sale. Yeah. Okay. Or should I get you the croissant lamp? I do like the croissant lamp. If you have a croissant lamp, please can you write in and tell us about that? Because I would love to know just logistically how it works. Is it good? Have you tried to bite it at a dinner party? (laughs) What else? Oh, sorry. Sorry. Did I tell you the email address? It's thewingwomanofficial at (laughs) gmail.com. And you can follow us on social media at Charlie Gowans 
Frankie Brennan, and collectively at the Wing Women underscore. Is that everything? Oh, I think so. We'll see you next week unless Frankie has a baby. Oh yeah. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>